minus three with Dave Damashek and Jeff Schwartz. Do it, fellas. Hi and hello, sports fans. I hope all's well wherever you are and has been well. Low these many months since last we spoke. It's your old pal, Dave Damashek, and welcome to Minus Three, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Tune in all season long for exclusive offers and odds boosts. FanDuel, more ways to win. Yes, it's minus three, minus three in case you are uninitiated. The standard built-in edge that bookmakers give to the home team. And I got three words. We're back. We're talking football. And those three words are ooh, la, and la. I'm over the moon to be kibitzing about you know, sports, because it does seem as though, knock on wood, we are going to have some pro football action coming our way in exactly six days from the time you're hearing my voice, if you're hearing this on Friday, the release of this show. In the meantime, let's get you right in the head and the heart for some hot pro football action with our pal, the former New York Giant, the Carolina Panther, spent some time up there in Motor City eating um what the the sicilian style pizza that they called detroit style pizza up there they're one in the same he's also now a world champion this older brother it's jeff schwartz what's happening fella <laughs> oh that's never your brother did you hear about that, that your brother now. yeah yeah i saw i saw he had a ring or something last night uh he, yeah he got he got a ring or something the other day that was that was pretty impressive right um so yes, he. Uh, I'm the brother of a Super Bowl champion, which is the the best I can do in life. So I'm fine with that now. You were there in the stands, rooting them on. Conflicted emotions, you know. I'm sure they were there. You know, you were supportive, but on the other hand, now you watched your younger brother, and you're retired, and then you watched your brother win the Super Bowl, and so on some level, his greatest deed in your career now supersedes your own. Yeah, I didn't really have a greatest thing of my career. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, I pretty. I, pretty uh, I mean, I guess the year I didn't get hurt was the greatest. The greatest thing that ever happened in my career. <laughs> Listen to me. It's a, the, the greatest I mean, I thing of your career. Thing. The great. Now you do, my friend. That's why I insisted to my pal, cousin Sal, your pal too, that we get on the air with Jeff Schwartz. He needs a great thing in his career to try and make things right. Um, so we're going to jump into it here. Um, for oh, We should also take a quick moment. As promised, if you heard, um, if you're a newcomer to our football talk, Schwartz and I love Kibitzen about all sports and including the game of life. And you can rest assured there will be plenty of all sport, every sport will be covered. Like I say, the most important oh, yeah. game of all, the game of life. Um, but like I said on my last podcast, the last episode, I look forward in this phase of my life to now I'm lucky enough to be able to get to work with the people I want to work with. That You're included in that, Jeff Schwartz. Ooh, um, I'm doing doing with Cousin Sal and the great Charlotte Wilder extra points thrice weekly. Go ahead, subscribe, download, all that stuff. ASA and P and speaking of working with my pals, look who's aboard here with us running the board. It's our guy, Eddie Spaghetti. What's happening, fella? 
I, uh, I'm pretty excited to get back uh, with you here. I mean, we've, uh, we've had some great DDPs, uh, together, whether it's a uh, food block or Jeff talking about, uh, how to, you know, offense alignment block, or as you call it, uh, just big guys leaning on each other. But, um, I never got down obviously when, when the, uh, when the, the old show was uh, coming to an end, I knew that this was going to come in the future and, uh, it's, it's very, very exciting. And really I'm very excited that sports in general are, are back and NFL and college football are coming back, uh, because we desperately all need it in this time so this is going to be a really really fun show and i i'm glad that everyone on twitter who is asking for where this show is coming like it's here now and uh enjoy it because it's uh, it's going to be here for a while when, when we started this this recording tonight my wife was my lovely wife was in the room and she saw what eddie spaghetti is dressed as today which is basically a basketball <laughs> jersey on old nuts jersey and a headband Mookie Willa. and your your, your your gaming your gaming headset she looked and pointed at the computer screen and like did like a WTF is this guy? So uh, that's your first impression now. All right, to my well, wife is the WTF the producer? What is he wearing? I I can explain all three. Uh, well, one everyone knows uh, my love of Pearl Jam, so I have a Mookie Blaylock Nets jersey. That's number one. Number two, the gaming headset's great. I'm an avid uh, Call of Duty like PS4 gamer in my in my downtime here. Uh, later tonight, I probably will be playing some uh, some Warzone, and it works. I mean, it was a cheap enough headset plug it in it works and then the, i got a haircut uh before so for those who see some clips or pictures and i put a hat on and i got my hair all screwed up so i have these big big uh headbands i wear to keep the hair up so i figured uh, i should keep uh this oh, is yeah. what I up. soon as we finish with this you can uh, spaghetti can go off and take his jazzercise class he looks like he's all dressed up uh, dressed up to do that let's talk a little nfl shall we let's jump in on the biggest off-season storyline, aside from whether or not the calendar year 2020 would be one long off-season itself, I'm talking, of course, about Tom Brady, a.k.a. the GOAT, taking off from Foxborough, moving down to the Tampa St. Pete area. We're going to look at the AFC and the NFC South and try and determine who's going to win that little head-to-head, Belichick and Brady, Cam, if you haven't heard, up in Foxborough. I think you probably have heard if you're listening to a sports podcast right now. Um, let's, though, first, let's let's come out of the gate hot. That's what they like, Schwartz. That's what they, the, 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 the people, they like to hear some hot. I don't know if these are hot takes, but what's one overarching, maybe look at the futures out there on, on the FanDuel website. And what jumps out at you is as a good pick before things kick off six days from now. This is not at all a suck up to you. I promise. As oh, the, I like the, it already. The Pittsburgh fan, diehard fan of this podcast. But we're looking at futures, and you want to find value. And everyone always says that like, any plus, any big number plus is good to go. No, 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 guys. You actually have to find the value in the plus number, right? So mm-hmm. let's look at Super Bowl champion, okay? Super Bowl champion. And you look at the numbers, right? The Chiefs are the favorite. Chiefs in Baltimore, plus 650. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, plus 1,500. The Pittsburgh Steelers are plus 2,500. They're 25 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. This team last year, everybody, was third on defense, eighth on special teams, and 32nd on offense, and still won eight games. And guess what? They will not be 32nd on offense this year with Big Ben back, and Big Ben has something to prove. He looks like he's in shape. I I don't know, Dave. I mean, you you might know better than me. He seems he's in shape. Um, Their offensive line is good. They have enough weapons. The problem is they play in a very tough division. So the idea is, obviously, with seven playoff teams this year, you want that one seed, the only team that has the bye. They probably won't win the division, 
but they played the Ravens really tough last year. Both of their games, Dave. Give me the Steelers plus 2,500. There's actual value there. People are going to lay money down on the Bills at like plus 2,500 too. No, no, no. Guys, the Steelers plus 2,500. Absolutely fantastic franchise, head coach, and have all the parts there. This is no brainer to me. I like that one quite a bit, and we park our cars maybe not in the same garage, but in adjacent ones. There are two teams in the AFC that is dominated in terms of uh, favorites to get to the Super Bowl and expectations. Those are obviously Patrick Mahomes coming back from the Super Bowl victory and Lamar Jackson trying to bounce back from that surprising loss in the divisional round. Those two teams are heavily favored to survive the AFC and get to the Super Bowl this year. So by definition, everybody else is a pretty good value if you like the makeup of that team. The Steelers look good also at plus 1,000 to just get through the AFC and get to the Super Bowl, how about the Indianapolis Colts? I think they have an easier path in the South than some of those other teams do. I know the Chiefs don't have that rough a ride, but if you like the Broncos and if you think the Raiders are coming around, I think uh, the Colts are really interesting. And the X factor um, for that team is a guy who's a borderline Hall of Famer. And with both of those situations in Indianapolis and in Pittsburgh, I don't understand the sort of skepticism that we've been hearing all through the offseason about either one of those teams, given that, like you say, the Steelers went eight and eight with Duck Hodges throwing passes and Jacoby Brissett, who looked good for about six weeks of the season, then kind of regressed back to being Jacoby Brissett now have big upgrades there. And those are two good teams last year or talented teams. I definitely think that those are good values, Um, but we'll deal with the AFC North. We're going to jump in on that. We'll do the NFC North. I mean, the NFC East. In fact, we'll give you all our picks for the divisions, but today here, Schwartz, let's jump in on the AFC East. It's where the action is. Even I'll tell you, it's it's kind of like I used to say, you know how you, there, there are little indicators of when you are not just famous, but super duper famous. And I used to I think like George Clooney, you know, George Clooney is super duper famous because if he marries a woman or dates a woman, that woman becomes famous. You don't even okay. like, yes. you know, it's like that. Yes, so fair. same thing. A- AFC East is still getting a lot of heat because Tom Brady used to be in it and because he left it. So that kind of speaks to the stature of uh, of Brady, a.k.a. the GOAT. But then again, Belichick went, brought in Superman to replace him. Cam Newton, all the hooey and applesauce seems to have fallen aside. It's pretty clear who's going to be the starting QB. I mean, come on. What, why do we buy these dumb smoke screens from coaches that Jared Stidham was ever a consideration? <laughs> I mean, the second they signed Cam Newton, that ended any of that jive. I mean, it's so, so foolish. But let's do this. Let's start off here. I like to rank things in the win play show form. And uh, Jeff Schwartz and Eddie Spaghetti chime in here. Let's win play show. The current AFC East quarterbacks, who do you got in the win spot? Who's the best quarterback for this year? I'm not talking career deeds or otherwise. Who you got as your number one QB there? Cam Newton. 100%. Cam Newton. I'll tell you what. Dave, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Please. I have been a known Cam hater. I live in Charlotte. A known Cam hater for many years. But 2018 changed me. The first half of the season, they were 6-2. and he completed 67% of his passes, and he was in a pro-ish style offense with, with, with Norv Turner. 
First time in his career, right? They had designed offense for him. It was very specific to his talent. They said, hey, look, we're not doing that now. We're doing a shorter passing game, balls out quickly. He was great. He convinced me. Now he's healthy. And guess what? They're in the same offense. He's in an offense that relies on quick game and play action pass. He's very good at those two things. He appears to be healthy. And I never bought the Derek, Jared Stidham or Brian Horth. And Kim was always going to be the starter. And he could still run. Kim is by far the best quarterback in this division. Well, I, I I would agree with you. I don't know how much I want to stick my neck out and say by far, because we still have yet to see Cam since the multiple injuries last year. But I, I the thing that indicates that you haven't watched Cam since the 15 and 1 2015 season is when people say he hasn't done anything since 2015. Well, you clearly weren't watching him before the injuries began, but those did mount up. And so I'll remain slightly skeptical. Still, I have Cam in my number one spot. Number two, though, in the play spot, I'll go with, as I've said before, and I'll say to you again now, if Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger had a baby, it would be Josh Allen. And I'm going to put Josh Allen. Remember, it was only in 2018 where the world over decided before the draft, Sam Darnold is certainly the best quarterback in this class. And quickly that went away. Now he's not even the best, I don't think, the best quarterback in his division, let never mind Lamar Jackson and who knows about Baker Mayfield. But I do think Josh Allen is more of a project. That's how he was announced coming out of school, that this was going to take a minute for him. He was not a polished product. Year three. And by the way, he won a division in, uh, I mean, he went to the playoffs in his sophomore year. Now that you give him Stefan Diggs, I expect him to elevate. All right. I'm going to put Josh Allen here. I know you hate him. Talk about who you hate. Just because I have to do it because Sam Donald's not, not quite there yet. But I'm, I'm going to give you a piece of advice for all the, the fan duel listeners. Josh Allen is getting plus 3,800 for the MVP odds. Do not waste your money on that pick. Just because he's plus 3,800 does not mean he is a good money pick. Do not do not bet on that. Just because we have him second in this division, do not bet on him with MVP. He's only, in my in my estimation, up there for me because Sam Darnold just can't stay healthy and has terrible coaching, and he might his career might be might be done before it starts. But Josh Allen, guys, the goal of that position is to take the ball in his right hand and throw the ball to a wide receiver and hit the wide receiver in his hands. Josh Allen is very bad at that. That's guys get better at it though, but that's, but no, you act Dave, like Dave, it's Dave, the same Dave, thing as Dave, guys who like Dave, it, Dave, wait, Dave, it's Dave, like Dave a six. It's like when a 6'6 six, six, um, swing man comes into the league. Oh, he's got all the athleticism in the world. He just doesn't have a perimeter game. Well, guess what? He's a he's a superhuman athlete. He's going to develop a perimeter game when he practices in the gym shooting the three ball over and over. Why would that not be the case for Josh Allen? He's only going into his third year. The, the difference is, is that we actually go on his fourth year now, by the way. Um, a fourth, third, third or fourth year? Third year, you third, creep. Third year? Okay, third year. Um a little off on that. We have history of the NBA of guys coming in that can't really shoot or score and turning into that. We have almost no history in the NFL of a quarterback being under performance for the first two years of his career, right? Below average. And then all becoming a star. The one guy is Alex Smith and Alex Smith had poor coaching to start his career. That's not Josh Allen's problem. They have fantastic coaching in Buffalo, a fantastic defense in Buffalo, fantastic weapons for him. They've upgraded the offensive line, but he completed only 58% of passes last year. You don't continue to jump six, 7% a season. Maybe he gets to 60 this year. 60 would still put him about 24th, 25th, 27th 
in 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 accuracy. Dave, he's supposed to be this amazing deep ball thrower. Oh my god, what the greatest arm of all time. He cannot hit anyone for a long pass. Like who cares? He has a great arm. All this stuff, look, the running stuff, man. Like, yes, that's what that's part of what I'm looking at. That is relevant in the early stages of his career, just as it was for the other two quarterbacks I already cited. And both of those guys, ben, did, not for both, ben. sure, Big Ben ran no, around no. quite a bit. And both of them, both of those guys are very have have improved their accuracy as their careers have gone on. And I expect that to happen for Josh Allen. And by the way, one more thing for the naysayers, which which apparently includes you. Yes, there's a big swing in quality of defenses that he'll sure. face. He didn't play very good defenses, pass defenses specifically, but the schedule with the good defenses he's going to play specifically against the pass, it's backloaded. So if he gets, if, if you buy confidence and everything else, that if, if Josh Allen and company get on a little bit of a roll, they'll establish a formula. I agree with you. MVP, no, because the formula is going to be dominate defensively and run the ball, take care of the ball a little bit. He's not going to have to do a ton. He has to make a couple of special plays over the course of 60 minutes. That's going to be enough for them to win double-digit yeah. games this year. I'm going to go at the show position. Here's where it's interesting, because we'll give our division picks in just a second here. Who do you have in the show spot there? You still got Fitzmagic, but you could also go with Tua, or you could go with Darnold. Who you got there? I'm going with Donald because I know he's playing the whole season. I mean, like right now, two is not starting, right? Fitz is going to start. Fitz is going to play his four or five games. They'll have one or two magical games. They'll have three terrible ones in a row. And they're going to put Tua in. And, you know, Tua is going to be okay probably. But the Dolphins, here's their early schedule, by the way. Patriots, Bills, Jags, okay. Then Seahawks, Niners, Broncos, Chargers, Rams. Then Cardinals. Like, Tua's not going to play for the first half of the season. I don't think they're going to throw him in against those defenses. So I think I'm going to go with Darnold just because I know he's going to play all season. And I do still think he's talented. But for whatever reason, the offense, it's Gase. The mono did not help. He actually played really well the back half of last season when he actually played, in, especially in the in the, the fourth quarter of the season, right, the last four games. Um, but, you know, I got to see it carry over to this year. So I'm going to put him um, in that, what, that place position. Okay. I, I I mean, I hear you. I always talk about um, cynicism. and everything. I, If you take a quarterback in the first round, especially high in the first round, you are going to play him in his rookie season. The one exception to that might be to it. This does align for me with the injury a year ago and Fitzmagic there. And does anybody rightly think no matter what Se uh, the second year of Brian Flores uh, yields, it's not going to be a Lombardi. So why would you rush the kid out there? I think you give him some reps late in the year, if that makes sense. But um, yeah, I'll, I still though, if I had to choose who I would want to run out there, I, I think I would take two over Darnold at this point, because Darnold has kind of shown us what he is. And he just, uh, you know, at two years in, he still struggles to hit the deep ball. You talk about Josh Allen. So does Sam Darnold. Um and I do not like him. It's not a knock on the kid as much as it is on the guy who's coaching him. And I just do not see much evidence. I mean, look at Ryan Tannehill. I don't mean to put it all on Ryan Tannehill, but Tannehill with Gase, Tannehill without Gase, that uh, is pretty simple math. And, and, and perhaps Sam Darnold in his next NFL stop um, will see more success because I think that there's a decent chance they're going to be chasing Trevor Lawrence or whoever else. Speaking of which, let's get to him now. Schwartz and Spaghetti chime in here too. Staten Island kid. Spaghetti, his heart belongs to Big Blue. But you know what? Your brain also absorbs what the Jets do. 
I was just going to say, I'm shocked that you're picking two over Darnold. If you ask me right now, the best statistical season for an AFC's quarterback, I'm picking Darnold. Um, maybe win a game, probably can with the pads. But Darnold last year, like Jeff said before, had the mono, and then he's uh, he played a lot better once he was back. And now, you know, this offseason is not regular offseason. But they do add Mekhi Becton, who's as big as a house left tackle. His guy his uh, a year ago was, was Herndon, who was banged up last season. So you're getting him back. They add Denzel Mims in the, the draft. Having some veteran presence like a Joe Flacco or Frank Gore in the backfield to help him, I think does make him feel a little bit more confident. I mean, Crowder and Rashad Perriman are fine, I guess. The receiving core is not great, but I think there's a reason why people love Sam Darnold at SC and and coming into the draft. So I, I just can't see him being a complete failure. His it's, a, it, it's a gay to me. It's gay. So I'm not I'm not knocking the kid like I say. Um, what do you think, though, Schwartz, as we jump into this, because Denzel Mibbs is the first name that that comes out here that's a rookie. What expectation? How much? We, we always hear head coaches talk about that. Like, he's a rookie. It's going to take him a minute. But for in 2020, especially, should we have any expectation that a team is going to be good because of a rookie or because they drafted well? Um, six months ago, it seems to me like that's overly optimistic given the lack of practice time and otherwise. 100%. I mean, you know, people are all over, you know, Joe Burrow to Cincinnati will make them, no, guys, no, he hasn't practiced, right? I mean, look, if you want to even take a, a, a tiny snippet from Hard Knocks, I mean, Justin Herbert is struggling a lot mm-hmm. and he doesn't, he doesn't have practice the next day sometimes to work on it, right? They have an off day or they're not in pads and he missed three full weeks of camp and then he missed the entire offseason program. It's not going to be good. Where I think, and I actually think, if you want to see the AFC East, like like Makai Becton, for example, the offensive tackle mm-hmm. for the Jets, he fits the profile of a guy that can be good right away. He's big and strong, right? And he's a good athlete. There's He can kind of overpower people. The guys that need to work on their technique at all positions, not just the offensive line, you know, a route runner as a wide receiver, uh, you know, a tackling as a defensive player because you're not tackling, obviously, you have no preseason. A quarterback reading defenses. All this stuff where it takes more than just kind of being an athlete. Um, those guys are going to struggle a ton because they don't have the reps that they've had. Look, yesterday would have been the fourth preseason game. Like, it would have been the time when all these guys would have played a little bit and gotten the reps in. They're getting none of it this year. These scrimmages they're having are great. They're good. But, like, they're not really what you're going to see on, on Sunday. So, I, I would, my principle, my guiding principle for the first month of the season, gambling wise, by the way, is veteran teams against younger teams. And I'll lay the points. I do not care. You know, if if Baltimore plays the Bengals and they're favored by 14 points, I'm taking Baltimore. Like I, I just blindly, at least for the first month, and then I'll kind of adjust how I feel afterwards. By the way, we're going to be able to uh, boost those, jazz them up a little bit yes. for you. Jets, Giants, Eagles, Steelers fans, and otherwise, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make them a little more attractive for you if you're a subscriber to Minus 3 and follow along on FanDuel. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll try to give you some extra special um, juice to jump in on your favorite team or perhaps even for your, uh, for your least favorite team. The Jets um, and the Dolphins are both... Uh, plus 850 to win the division right now. That's got to be a little dispiriting to the Jets, given that this was year three of Darnold. They should be kind of like, now we're starting to crest up to where we are, a contender. They're 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 still in rebuild mode. The Bills at plus 125, and they're the Patriots, thanks to number one being under center now, emerges uh, the preseason favorite at plus 115. I'll start us off here at number four. I'm going to go with, 
the New York Jets to come in last place in this division. Like I say, Adam Gase makes them the most volatile um, with Levy and Bell. We'll see what happens with that. But in general, he is not, uh, and Jamal Adams already gone, giving away, letting your best players walk away isn't a good formula. I feel like Gase is within a whisker of losing the locker room if he hasn't already. Once things start to go downhill, especially in a situation like that where we know that Adam, a lot of people didn't even think Adam Gase should be back this year, if they get to October, it's like, we're a mess. The whole thing's going to implode. So I think that they're a pretty safe bet to wind up for. The reason that I have a little bit of trouble with this is the Dolphins are just really young. Mm. and they, they, they rely on a lot of draft picks. They're relying on Fitzpatrick. They're relying on kind of a lot of you know people off the you know, off the, the 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 scrap heap. You know, Ted Ted Karras to play, uh, Karras I should play center. I should, Eric Flowers offensive line. Um, it's just they're just they're kind of young all over the place, man. And I really worry about them being able to gel. I think your point's accurate that they're the better coach team, and Tua might be better than Sam Darnold. But I, I'm going with Miami last in this. I, I just I. I can't take a team that is so young that might switch their quarterback in the middle of the season. Even though I think Florence is a good coach, I think that they will be good at some point. It's just not, just not this year. I'll go, so I'll go Jets third. I just, I'll go Jets third and, and Dolphins fourth. I've got the Finns at three there, too. I think people are getting a little ahead of themselves, getting overly jazzed about this team. It's starting to shape up. The first season for Flores was good. Do you think four, five years from now, he's clear-cut the best coach to ever come off the Belichick tree? Um I mean, it's heading in that direction, right? I don't know if it means anyone. I don't know. Well, we've seen other guys leave uh, Belichick and have a good season or so. Like Coach Judge. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. Um, I – okay, here's here's a, a little bit of a, of a hot take thing. Bill O'Brien is actually a good regular season coach. I agree, and he did it before Deshaun Watson got there. Whether you want to look down your nose at the AFC South or not, fine. But he was winning divisions with some with some subpar yeah, QBs. I, I I do agree. What it gotten in his way? You know what terrible, though? Terrible like manager, very much like uh, his former boss, Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill Belichick gave away a second round draft pick that now is uh, that now stands in the person of J.K. Dobbins, who may end up getting more touches this year than Mark Ingram in Baltimore. He gave away that second round pick to get Muhammad Sanu. That didn't. Uh, and Muhammad Sanu is, it was a, is it now was, was kicked out of there. So Bill O'Brien is a terrible GM. He's also really bad in the playoffs. In the last four playoff games they've had, they've scored zero points in the in the first half. Hmm. Good stat. But, but, Josh but, Allen, so, by the way, if Josh the, Allen hadn't gotten Chiefs. screwed, if Brad Josh Allen hadn't gotten screwed in overtime, they would have won that game. It was, by the way, it was previous to the Chiefs game. It was like the, the previous four. He like he just they don't score. Lost 30, 30 to nothing to the Chiefs one time. Alex Smith in the playoffs. The the I think the year after that, the Colts were up 17 nothing on them. The Bills were up 13 nothing at halftime. Obviously, the Chiefs game flipped that around. Um, all right, second place in the division. For me. Oh, this is exciting. I think I know which way you're going to go, but go ahead. Buffalo Bills. I figured. All right, go ahead. Explain yourself. Okay, here's here's the thing. Um, you get to know me throughout this process, if you don't, if you've never listened to me before. I'm glad you guys are joining us. I am, um, I'm, I'm not this way in real life, on podcast life and NFL life. I'm very conservative with the way I look at at NFL teams. And I have to, I need to be it needs to be proven to me that you can do it 
before I really am on the bandwagon. And the Patriots, to me, have done it for so long. They have, and I know they're a new core of players. Cam Noon and eight players leaving, but Belichick is still there. That defense is still there. The 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 the, the combination of, of Cam Newton needing to win this year and Belichick needing to win this year because he's something to prove. I'm just going with the, the guys I trust. I don't trust Josh Allen. And you mentioned it earlier, they had the biggest jump this season in pass defense schedule. But the first four games are like, they're going to go 4-0. It's going to be really odd on Twitter. People are going to crush me for four weeks that Josh Allen's going to be good. And they're going to just down the back half. I just feel more comfortable with the the Patriots here. This is like you're, you 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 play pro football and and you're and you're vibing to it because you like the brand. Well, they, hey, that yeah. brand is. I've I've seen that uh, that helmet with that thing on the side of it. I've I've seen it in Super Bowls the last twenty years. So I got to go with that. That's yes. your that's your reasoning. And also, Josh Allen, I don't think is very good. Okay, but also you you cite the New England Patriots and that that defense is good. You're being a little cavalier and, and presumptuous that that defense is going to be the same as it was last year. They've lost some legitimate pieces from it. They have lost pieces, but their defense just continues to find ways to get it done with subpar pieces every year. I mean, like they 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 continue to find ways to make it happen. I mean, are you? I know you're going to take the Bills. Everyone's taking the Bills. I mean, I, not everyone, and I don't know. No, a lot of people now that Cam Newton's up there say, are, are taking the Patriots. Let me just tell you about the 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 very subtle. And I think if Cam Newton has a good 2020, then that means that they bring him back in 2021. And by having one good season this year, he clinches a gold jacket. He's going to Canton, whether people like it or not, Cam Newton is. However... I mentioned since everybody loves to uh, loves to wait, wait, he's doing what now? Through what? He's doing what? Going to Canton? I just said that. Yeah, I said he's going to Canton. Yeah, he's going. He, uh, it, That's not accurate, but sure. Continue on the podcast. If he retired tomorrow, he's not. But I said with the benefit of another good season, he is going to Canton. One he's good season. He needs one more good season. No, he's already had plenty of good seasons, and now he's going to go to the Hall of Fame when he has another good one with Bill Belichick. Now, listen to what I'm telling you, though. The subtle knock I have, because it's overanalyzed and pointed to way too much to define Cam Newton's career, is, well, he only had that one good year. False, but in 2015, the fact of the matter remains. He went 15-1, and throwing the ball. I make the joke all the time. To Philly Brown and Ted Ginn Jr. What I ignore is, one, obviously Carolina had a pretty good defense that year. I think it was fifth or sixth in the league that year. But the other side of it is the the semi-subtle thing that he doesn't have this season is Greg Olson. The top pass catcher for that 2015 Panthers team was Greg Olson still in his prime. And that was the so-called security blanket. What you need if you are, if you're not necessarily the most accurate passer in the world, Cam doesn't have a Greg Olson there in Buffalo, right? I mean, in New England right now. Ergo, I'm taking the Bills, and I'm going to say that young but potentially dominant once again defense and I hear you about certain positions can thrive in rookie seasons um, and others can't Zach Moss if they decide to to make him a two down back and uh, throw Devin Singletary out there in, on on uh, third downs I think I like that the potential of those that's a banger that's now you're talk about identity I don't want to sound too much like uh, some old school Bill Parcells type but you talk about an identity that is I mean dominant rugged defense even the qb will plow you if you ain't careful and now zach moss back there that i mean that's that is and all that stuff if they if you're right 
that they come out of the gate, which I think they will, with a good start to the season. It is a factor, I think a little overstated sometimes, but it'll be cold out, and, and, and you start getting smacked around by that defense, and then Josh Allen and Zach Moss are running at you and everything. That's a, that's a handful. I think they are the real deal. I do think Josh Allen gets a tick better than what he's been. They're your well, division be champion. Like 27th best quarterback now. All right, we'll see. We'll see who's right. Because I, because I, uh, right now I think at plus 125, that's okay. It's it's uh, actually they've they've tightened things up a little bit with the Patriots. The pay, uh, the Patriots were a heavier favorite just a little while ago. Spaghetti, did I get it right or did Schwartz? The AFC East is the toughest one. I mean, it's a coin flip, I think, obviously, between the Patriots and the Bills. Uh, and the, really what it comes down to is do you have more faith in Josh Allen or do you have more faith in Bill Belichick coaching Camden to be what he was in 2015? Something weird about this Patriots team, though, just kind of stinks to me. Like, their running back situation, like, I like they want to maybe bring in Fournette and say no. They want to cut Lamar Miller, who they got last year. They have guys like Damian Harris, and you have Sonny Michelle still there, and you still have James White. Like, they don't know what they're doing in the backfield. Sanu's gone. Is Edelman still have like it's just I don't know. I don't know. I don't buy into it. But I, uh, that's right. You love the brand. That's what I sincerely. I I, yeah. I I I believe that people. They're the mystique. You know, in the week that right. we lose John Thompson from Georgetown, that Hoya paranoia became a real thing and took on its own life. And they beat teams sometimes before the opening tip. I think that kind of happens with the Patriots. Uh, or I, has, I, at least. I, I also. Yeah, and I'm with Jeff also, though, about the whole, like, Josh Allen thing. Like, it would not shock me the least if Josh Allen is very pedestrian this upcoming season. Like, he's a little too much hype. Like, I know people love his, his rushing ability, and they did add Stephon Diggs, which is awesome. It's a, it's a great offseason, and having John Brown, too. But um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think – Belichick will find a way to get like, Oh, it's got to end at some point. He'll get 11, 11 wins somehow. I want to say to everybody who who's feeling a little bit of despair that the Patriots, they thought it was over. Oh, now they got Cam Newton. It's not over yet. I, I, I want to issue this message to any non Patriots fans. We're in the winner's seat here. It's the Patriots fan, the Patriots fan in your life and in mine that is going to suffer emotionally. What what are they to do with what they're about to see here? Their goat, the guy who they genuflected to for two decades, is now down in Tampa. What if he's what if he's not great? And and Cam Newton and Bill Belichick make beautiful music. They're going to feel duped. They've been cheering for Tom Brady all these years, and it was Belichick. By the way, that's not that satisfying as a sports fan that we coach better than you. Uh, is that really what uh, is that really something that you're going to that you're going to puff your chest out at the bar about? I don't know, but we don't go to bars anymore, but maybe by Thanksgiving or so we will. And then you'll want to puff your chest out, but you won't be able to because you're rooting for a guy who cuts the sleeves off his thing instead of for the players on the field. And that, like I say, is awfully unsatisfying. Um, meantime, if Brady goes down there and and dominates aren't they going to be raw about tom brady uh, bagging out on them either way you see and and here's the best result of all sports fans brady v belichick in the super bowl that would be a gas the the, the run up to that the patriots fans trying to make sense of what they're supposed to do and how where their heart's going to take them and all that stuff we'll just sit back and laugh at all of it well the the pats fans would be happy either way right either they're they're they would say that, but I don't think they will be. You think they, I mean, they'd be they'd be happy if Tom were, were they or not. 
I don't know. I listen. I think uh, I am conflicted about that kind of stuff. I know I, from my personal experience, people say, oh, you'd love it if he would have gone to your team and taken over and took you to a Super Bowl. No, I wouldn't. I would. I, I like I like guys. I, I'm old enough that I like guys. I, I do not want the missing piece to my team to be a rival. That 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 is not uh, the I know it's forever ago at this point, but I always still will cite the Brett Favre thing. Where was the dignity in Vikings fans cheering for the guy who tortured them for 15 years? That was, that was weird. That was a bridge too far for me. I'm a Steelers guy. People said to me around then, you wouldn't. So if Ray Lewis could be signed to the Steelers and he took him to a Super Bowl, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't love that. I'd be like, nope, I would not want that. <laughs> I would not want that. I'm not that desperate. I'm not that pathetic. I, I get that, but Brady's not going to a rival though. I know, but I'm just saying he ditched. He ditched. He went to greener pastures when he didn't have to, and Gronk went down there with him. Let's uh, let's shift to that division then. Let's try and squeeze these in. Like I say, six days until kickoff, everybody. We got to um, cover more than one base here on um, on the show. So let's look at the NFC South quickly. The New Orleans Saints are a favorite at uh, minus 115. Then there's Brady and company at uh, plus 160. The Falcons at plus 700. The Carolina Panthers at plus 1700. You talk about looking things, looking it over there, Schwartz, and finding good value, the biggest number next to a plus there for a, a viable team. I do see one on this on this board here. Let's go four down to one. Who's your last place team? It's the Panthers um, by far. I mean, they only returned about 50% of their production. They drafted seven rookies. Only team in the NFL with a new quarterback, new head coach, new DC, new OC. But the value is number three with the Falcons. I mean, like that's where the value is mm-hmm. at in this division. I'm going to pick them number three. I think everyone's picking the Panthers. I, I don't want to speak for you, Dave, but I mean, just, I just if you pick anything other than four, you're wrong. The Falcons, I'm going to pick them three. But plus 700 is might be the best value of any division odds right now of a really competent team in the Falcons. That's right. That's not hyperbole either. And I also think there's an ebb and a flow, a roller coaster. If you know, the, the conversation that goes on perennially in the NFL is, is it time to move on from this head coach? Do we need to move on? Well, the the Falcons, and I don't think the, re- the recipe for success is, ah, just leave the guy who's there there forever. Like, ah, it'll, it'll work out. Some guys are just bums and they're never going to turn it around. I do think Dan Quinn with the pedigree coming down from Seattle, a lot of hype about that. It was offense first when Matt Ryan won the MVP and got him to that Super Bowl a handful of years ago. And, and you know, I'll tell you this. You know what? Let's take a quick detour. Win play show. Let's do the NFC South quarterbacks. This will be a fun one because you got two guaranteed Hall of Famers, first ballot Hall of Famers. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, fine, good for him, nice story. He certainly... Um, not making the winner stand there, but who do you have in the win spot there for 2020? I'm talking, I'm not talking about for what career deeds I'm talking about what QB this is going to be hard for you Schwartz. Cause you just picked the Patriots because, because of their logo blur your eyes though, C- ignore the brand name Brady and breeze and Ryan. And just who do you want this year? Given their skill set? Oh man. It's a tough one. It's, it's gonna be Brady. Um, it is, huh? And and I'll, I'll tell you for a couple of reasons. One is that um, you know we've seen Drew Brees a little bit, you know, arm strength a little bit, a little decline a little bit. Got hurt last year. Obviously not like he really his fault. Hurt his thumb. I just think Brady is gonna be so energized this year to play with offensive weapons. 
and he's going to have a great season. It might take him some time, which is why I would pick the Saints to win the division because I think it's going to take Tampa a little bit of time to get going without an offseason. But he is they're not going to be stopped. I mean, how, they can only be stopped if Tom Brady just automatically throws a bunch of interceptions, which he never does. So they're going to move the ball down the field. They'll score a lot of points. It's got to be Tom Brady. I, You know what? I Maybe I'm trying to be a contrarian or whatever, play devil's damashek here, but – Matt Ryan, here, here's a little, uh, a, a little perspective for everybody out there. I know that the Patriots did win that Super Bowl in overtime, and in part because Matt Ryan held on to the ball a couple of times too long in uh, the fourth quarter. Still, if, they, if, if Chris Long doesn't get that sack, or I'm sorry, draw the holding call on Jake yeah, Matthews. they push to tell. It's the best. It's great. By the way, we're gonna we'll, we'll get Chris Long. Maybe we should get him on as soon as next episode to join us for some NFC East talk, some story. preview there. I love that story. It is great. He saw Chris Long tells that he saw the flag on the ground, but he was laying on the ground. He didn't know if it was on him or if it was on the offensive lineman. Like I said, I think it was Jake Matthews who uh, got the hold, pushed him out of field goal range, allowed the Patriots to stay within striking guy, distance. But sure. Oh, was okay. Um, oh yeah, the first. Uh, I'm trying to think of who it was. Anyway, um, if that doesn't happen and they kick the field goal, if Brian kicks a field goal, puts it out of reach, there is no debate going on in football America about Matt Ryan being a Hall of Famer. It's like, oh, yeah, well, Matt Ryan, when his career is done, he's statistically great. And yes, Julio Jones, but Calvin Ridley and a big addition in Hayden Hurst, who was just kind of miscast with the decision philosophically they made. I think he's going to be, again, the caveat, how much practice time has he had and everything else. I also like that a couple of the key defensive pieces are, if you're glass half full, are by the reports are, are now in better health than they've been in the last uh, couple of years. Um, and I, the, the question, I guess, would be the offensive line. I'll leave that to you, though. You tell me. If you tell me that that's going to be a bum O-line, I'll back off the Falcons. Otherwise, I'm going to jump to the end of the NFC South novel here. Saints, Bucks, Bucks, Saints. Neither of the above. It's the Falcons, unless Schwartz talks me out of it right now. Well, look, I think if we're looking for value, it's the Falcons uh, at plus 700. And like I said, I think it's the best you're going to get for any sort of uh, sleeper team in any division. Um, but I, I can't pick them to win the division. I, I think that you look at the Saints still, even though I think Brady's going to have a good season. The Saints just win a lot of games every year, <laughs> and they continue to win a lot of games every year. They're just a well-rounded team. Um, and they keep choking the playoffs, fine, but this is a regular season prop bet, not not a playoff prop bet. And the one caveat to them this year is there's no home field advantage, right, without the noise in the dome. Uh, so I wonder if that affects them. I just think New Orleans, I, w- I just, I think Tampa's going to start a little bit slow. Like week one, I really like New Orleans to beat Tampa, just it's, you know, it's in the dome, and they Tampa hasn't practiced a lot, and the Saints know everyone there. That They're just, they're good. And so I still lean Saints, but... It, this is the one division I think where actually there's one other division bet and we'll get to eventually where there's a surprise team in my opinion, but the Falcons, the best value here for surprise team is easily the Falcons. I mean, we're, we're again, we're in um, uncharted waters, largely Warren moon, George Blanda and whoever else, notwithstanding. This is weird that, that, that like the, the two teams that everybody's looking at, like, you know what? They're, they're among the very best in the NFC. These two old men, 
And Tom Brady, last we saw him, a lot of excuses being made for why he wasn't good in 2019. And Drew Brees continues to benefit from excuse making. This jive, to me at least, that Alvin Kamara was ever for two seconds on the trading block in a year that you assume is Drew Brees' last year. um, They're going to trade. Yes, Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer. Yes, Drew Brees is one of the 12 greatest, 10 greatest even. We can have that debate at another day as well. Um, But certainly in the last couple of years, look at his, again, blur your eyes, ignore the brand name that is Brees, and instead look at his average air yards, his uh, just attempted, uh, every pass he throwed, whether complete or not, is last year was the lowest in the NFL among starting QBs, the lowest behind Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, or anyone else you want to cite. He's no longer capable of pushing the ball. All he is is a high-end point guard. What his role is, get the ball to Michael Thomas, get the ball to Alvin Kamara. That's a handful for any defense. And now you throw Emmanuel Sanders in there, see what he has left too. They're, I mean, yeah, they're, they, they are what they are kind of like, a, li- a little bit without the without the plague, the curse that the Chargers have over their heads. They're kind of like what the Chargers were last year. I think this applies to the 2019 Saints as well. Like, finally, you get this quarterback. Finally, a well-rounded roster. Yeah. He doesn't have to do it all. And just when that happens, that's when he starts to be the, the guy who's the reason yeah. you might not be winning games anymore. Um, and that's not to say that Phil Rivers isn't going to be good up in Indianapolis because you talk about an upgrade for an individual. He's been thrown behind those bum O lines, taking (laughs) shot after shot year after year. All of a sudden he's going to be in heaven back there behind the Colts O line. But yes, I think Drew Brees at this point is not a guy who steals games for you. I don't think he's the reason you win games anymore. Fortunately, they are a deep roster. So maybe that's what ends up winning the day and winning the division there. But I got a sneaking suspicion I my math is this. It's voodoo, Schwartz. But my math is when everybody's singing songs about a team, they're a year away. Nobody's talking about the Falcons. Everybody was in on them a year or two ago. Oh, they're gonna bounce back. That was that was premature. Yeah. Now Dan Quinn keeps his job, relaxes a little bit. He didn't get canned last year. Yeah. I, I mean the pass catchers that uh, Matt Ryan has this year are dandy. And again, I throw it to you. Is the offensive line going to yeah. be the letdown? I don't know. Is Jake I, Matthews, Alex Mack led O-line? Is that good enough? They drafted think, the guys think, and the one yeah. went out last year. I think I think, I think think they're good enough to get it done. The, the one question I have left in this division is how much does Leonard Fournette matter to Tampa Bay? Well, I'm a little miffed because I drafted. I, I This is why, pro tip. Don't do your fantasy draft. I don't care if it's uh, more convenient to do in the front part of of uh, August or whatever. You can't do fantasy drafts for stuff like this. And now it's all thrown out. There. Ronald Jones was I, I thought I found a really good uh, second running back uh, for one of my fantasy teams. And now I guess he has no value. I still like Leonard Fournette. He's just a throwback in that, you know, I I, I don't see him evolving into a pass catcher, but I guess that's all right, you know, for what the the two-dimensional value he'll provide to a load. Circumstantially, you have Godwin and Evans out on the field and and whichever tight end you like best, or maybe they'll have a couple of tight ends out there. It's I I think this, you know, I, I, I'm going to name drop now. You know Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. Move the Sticks. Um, 
And he's predicted a lot of two tight end um, sets this year, that that's going to be the dominant formation in the NFL. And obviously they have the pieces to do that. And to me, what that sets up, I like it when you use a fullback because it forces um, you, it forces one of those safeties to choose that he's either going to stop the running back or he's going to stop the, uh, the isolated wide receiver, but they obviously have the matchups at either receiver. If you just put Mike Evans on the field, Whatever you do, twenty-one personnel. Whatever, I, the both Gronk and, and OJ Howard should get a ton of targets. You know Brady's going to love that. Yeah, I don't know. I you can talk me into the Patriots now. I mean, to the Patriots, the Buccaneers. Interesting that one is a Patriot and he would have fought a pirate. Their same era of good guy, bad guy, a Patriot and a Buccaneer. Like a pirate would fight. Uh, no, nah, maybe not. Patriot fought a red you, coat, really. But anyhow, you put money. On Tampa, I believe it's plus eleven hundred still. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure just just to make sure to be the first team plus fifteen hundred on FanDuel, I should say, to win the Super Bowl. But they're the first team to ever host a Super Bowl. Are they are they the team? I think, and we'll dig in as we uh, approach the season. I cannot issue my final final predictions. Put them in pen, Eddie Spaghetti, um, until the eve of the season. I don't know what's going to happen. It's stuff like this. Leonard Fournette is on the street one day, and now he's in the backfield with Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski and first rounder OJ Howard and so on. It's crazy how loaded that team is. And the defense, I know it's cool to point this out. Like nobody knows this, but they actually have some really high end pieces. I've been talking about that for a couple of years now. Yeah. That, that, that they have been loading up on that defensive front specifically. Um, do I, you know what? I want to establish an important thing here philosophically for the, for the listener right now. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Jeff Schwartz, like the late great Jerry Orbach says at the end of dirty dancing, I want to pick the Falcons just to be splashy. I think I got to take the Buccaneers. That's a smart pick. But again, I, I think it's worth mentioning that if you're looking for the division winner that has the value, it's the Falcons. It's the Falcons. Like, like it's okay to take them, sprinkle some money in them, plus 700 on your FanDuel app. But By the way, that's a, that's a good that's a good tip from Schwartz. There, you can bet two teams. There's no yeah. rule against that. Sprinkle a little bit down, and but still, you know, still still go with the Bucks. But just you know, have a little extra, have a little, little sprinkle on the on the, on the Falcons. I, I, you know what, I'm with you about that. Will they go to the Super Bowl? They're not in my head as a Super Bowl team, to be honest with you. I, I, you know, I again. Tom Brady's old. No one, no one his age has ever made some deep playoff run. I mean, it's it, it's it's asking a great deal of him um, to stay healthy. Really, at this point, I know he's not a uh, he's never in a funny way. Our our pal Maurice Jones Drew always liked to say the reason Frank Gore um, is relevant this late into his, to his career is because he was never based on speed. He didn't lose a step because he never had a step to begin <laughs> with. Tom Brady. Okay. It's the same sort of adjustment for, Cam, again, to invoke those two names, Cam Newton or Ben Roethlisberger. Their game was predicated on physicality in the right. first halves of their career. Now we're going to see if Cam Newton can flip that switch and sustain it for 16 games. Um, and Tom Brady has always been, you know, really uh, savvy in the pocket with that yep. step up in the pocket and everything. He doesn't you don't generally see Tom Brady get blown up. Um, Almost never. But I, but but what I was going to say a couple minutes ago before we started rambling there is 
I feel like, as I said, Chiefs and Ravens are prohibitive favorites. I feel like it's more balanced at minimum on the NFC side. It's really hard to see who's going to rise above all those teams because they seem pretty even. I'm not saying the, uh, any of them aren't really good, but but the like five or six teams I could make a decent case for. I can't do that in the AFC. I think it's down to already before things kick off. I think that they're reasonably about four teams that can get to the Super Bowl. Maybe I could make a case for a fifth team. We're talking about the four teams, right? Steelers, Colts, Ravens, Chiefs. Those are those are the four teams. The NFC, you're right, is way more is is way more wide open, and um, it's been that way for a couple of years. It feels like now, every year, an NFC team kind of pops out of nowhere to win to win the conference. And um, you know, Tampa wouldn't be out of nowhere. New Orleans wouldn't be out of nowhere. But um, you know, they they both obviously haven't done it in a long time. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to run through it here. Yo, you forgot the Bills on the AFC side, so you didn't you didn't include I, no, them. I, that I, could I, be the fifth. I, that could have been the I, fifth team. I, I, I it could have been that. I could have been that. Did not forget them. It could be spaghetti. I feel like we've done a full show here. Is that is is this been a good show? This has been a great first. Do you really episode, think so? It, you, and you have me running through like as we're talking about the especially the NFC side, like you guys are just talking about. I'm I'm thinking like. I'm like constantly readjusting who I'm picking to be in the Super Bowl. I mean, the the Fournette addition to the Bucks. I like the Bucks pre Fournette, Bucks now with Fournette. It's, I mean, Dave, I don't want to compare you to Tom Brady, but you have in the past talked about if you had the 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 Cowboys O line and you could just toss no, up a pass, you would be able to score touchdowns. Like with essentially, that old, then Jeff Schwartz as a pro football player has to be offended. Like you think that guy could do what I did? I didn't. I didn't say touchdown. I said I could lead a point-scoring right. drive is what I said. Well, the, Give me a good O-line okay, and a, and fair a enough. really but good now replace, 50-50, wide, uh, 50-50 pass catcher. Give me like Mike Williams or somebody like that. I only need the one pass. Play action, play action. This is the one, Mike Williams. So, Up top! You know, that's so when I get him. Why doesn't that just happen every single time there's an offense has the ball? I don't if know why. Just, if it's just that easy, Dave Damashek can just go in the <laughs> for taste. can just come in and – and chuck the ball deep. Why can't I do it? Thank you for noticing that. They always say that there's no accounting for taste. Well, I'm the accountant for taste from this day forward. Um, but anyway, to that point, though, if, if you're replacing you, Sheck, with Tom Brady, who's a without a doubt, already with a you know Hall of Famer, best player of all time, with this Bucks offense, with his buddy Gronk, you have, I mean, your second receiver is Godwin. Like it, you, you also have OJ Howard, who's a monster. Where I think Brady's gonna love you. You had Fortnite caught seventy like two balls last year. Brady loves to check it down. They're they're legitimate. Their run defense last year was like historically great. Mm-hmm. They're a fantastic team. I mean, I I think. This this podcast in summation and why it's a great show may have convinced me the Bucks are the NFC's best. Well, player. the other guy who who hasn't reached his ceiling yet for the pieces that they've added on the defensive front, Vita Vea got a slow roll coming out of the gate out of school, Good. but he, I mean, those guys. Aaron Donald is going to go down as one of the like three best defensive linemen of all time, with uh, probably up there with Reggie White and Mean Joe Green. But Aaron Donald is the anomaly. He's this, he's smallish and super quick, but still can um, overpower you. But generally speaking, give me the moose. Like the guy just like, that guy's going to be physically dominant when he's 38 too, because he's just bigger than, he's just, he doesn't have to lift a weight and he's stronger than anybody else. That's kind of the way Vita Vea comes across to me. Um, But that's just one one, one of the many reasons there. Um, Hey, 
Also, before we wrap it up here, you've seen the mascot, I hope, if you're following us on social media. Spaghetti, let everybody know how uh, they can track us down here. You've created a Twitter handle, correct? Sure. We have a uh, Twitter handle. It's at minus three pod. It's three spelled out T-H-R-E-E and then it's pod P-O-D. There's a Facebook page as well. It's the same exact thing. Minus three podcast. If you search it in your Facebook search bar, you'll find it. Uh, We'll be posting clips there, obviously, from uh, these recordings and we'll be posting, um, you know, tweet retweeting tweets from you guys from your account so all the stuff you want to find from this show will be there we can create an instagram account uh as well post clips there maybe uh, our fans will get lucky and uh, either you dave or you jeff will take over the account answer some uh, q a stuff like that so it'll be fun uh just a good way to put all of our stuff out there uh, on top of your guys already you know vast social media followings anything you want us to win play show drop us a line you can either do that at that uh, at that aforementioned twitter handle or facebook one Again, it's uh, minus three pod is how you do that or just hashtag it. I think win play show, we can do all of those. And let's wrap it up with two little things here. First of all, hashtag, if you've seen the logo that we've put out now, what should that guy's name be? I think he needs a good football name. So help us out with that one. The Brickishaw is good, but it's already taken. So I don't so I don't know what we'll name him, but we'll lean on you, the listener, for that one. And two, we've already gotten a request for win play show. Jeff Schwartz loves football, but if he loves anything more, it's barbecue. Win play show, barbecue meats. I'll start with you, Jeff Schwartz. Okay, so this is going to be this is a personal choice of mine. It's not going to be very high on the win list. What's your, I, your favorite? I love um, ribs, and I love a beef rib, a crown beef rib. Great. It, from Jack Stacks. If they want to send me some more ribs, would be fantastic. Uh, what place or show? I too you- love Jack's rack, and if they want to send me some, they can do that <laughs> yeah. too. What? What? It's a win- okay. So place, place for me. It's a pork rib. Love a pork rib. Mm-hmm. And show you ready? I'm ready. I, I think the sausage. It's a volatile category when you start to get into it. You think like, oh, everybody has their favorite at the barbecue. I'm with you on the beef rib, but you got to get it at the right place. It's not just like you could universally. Oh, yeah. oh. It's like. Well, I, but, you know, people play that game with like, oh, the one food pizza is like pizzas. Pizza, mediocre pizzas is tolerable. Mediocre beef ribs are not, you know, like they got to right. be good Correct. beef ribs I for agree. them to be good. Agreed, agreed. I'm not gauging it. Babe. I'm doing best up to me in the win spot is brisket. I would not have said that three years ago. I would have gone with baby back ribs in my uh, in my win spot. But brisket has uh, has captured my imagination and my belly. So I'm going to go with that. And I'm with you, too. That's the sneaky one. I thought you were going to work in there. The links, the links are are delicious. A nice spicy hot link. That's going to get in there. But I'm going to have to go brisket, baby back, hot link, spaghetti. So we, so we both went with sausage three. I know. So that's nice. See, we came together. Sausage just gets edged out here uh, for my three spot, but I'm going to have to go with the pulled pork. You can go, you know, pork butt, uh, pork shoulder, the three spots. It's very versatile. I'm going to go two is the beef rib. I love a great beef rib. Um, And number one is by far 
it's a brisket. Um, I actually smoked my first brisket about a month and change ago, a 15 hour, uh, you know, a 15 pound. So 15 hour brisket in a Traeger smoker and it came out beautifully and I was the happiest person ever. Well, I am the happiest person ever today because we are now officially underway. Minus three virgin run in the books, in your ears, hopefully in your heart. If it's not there yet, we intend to find it ASA and P we're going to be with you Every Friday at minimum, but be on the lookout. Do subscribe. I uh, I advise, nay, I demand that you subscribe on Twitter. Or you follow on Twitter. Minus three pod is how you do it. Drop us a line with some of the things we were just talking about there. Did we finish the win play show for the NFC South quarterbacks? Brady one, Matt Ryan two. I might go Matt Ryan if I had to choose. And they all had the exact same offensive piece. I might take Matt Ryan at his age over old man Brady, but Breeze, the point is is to establish that Matt Ryan has added Drew Breeze at this point in his career, right? We end like this, aren't we? Um, I just want I just want I want to be a completionist. We I didn't think, finish I think, it. I think for this season, for this season, I would take, I'm I would take Breeze, but I think that obviously in the long run, Ryan. I mean, Breeze is probably this last year of his career. Yeah, good for you. Hanging in there. Look who stays loyal to to uh, the brands out there that have dominated 21st century. All right. Great times. Good job by you, Eddie Spaghetti. Good job by you, Jeff Schwartz. Thanks for listening to us all the way. And uh, we appreciate it. If you subscribe, download, rate it, comment, tell your friends. If you hate it, tell your enemies. I don't care what you do. Just spread the good word. We'll be back uh, with that. Make sure you're listening to Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. Make sure you're subscribed to Extra Points with uh, Cousin Sal and Charlotte Wyatt. While you're at it, why don't you subscribe to the entire network of shows on Extra Points. We'll talk to you a week from now. Until then, for Eddie Spaghetti and Jeff Schwartz, Dave Damashek, it's been a thin slice of heaven. It's the footballiest time of the year With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer It's the footballiest time of the year It's the pig, pig skinniest season of all Check is still frowning and Cleveland still browning. We root for Steelers. It's the pig, pig skinniest time 